like clockwork, he stared at the ceiling, just as he had every other night for the past three months. Straightening himself up, he stretched his arms out and gave out a loud sigh. Again, he whispered. He could hear the clock above his bed ticking. The simplicity of the sound was soothing to him. He stood up and passed his fingers through his hair. Without looking at the clock, he already knew what time it was, just as it would be tomorrow and the day after that. Tick, talk, tick, talk. The clock gave him a sense of normality. It was something he controlled, something that he allowed to happen, an anchor he placed to give him some form of assurance that he wasn't asleep anymore, a noise he could focus on to drown out his thoughts. When did I place it there? He whispered to himself. Was it before or after all of this started? Without answering, he walked over to the window to let in some air, almost stumbling on his way in the darkness of his room. He slid the window open and took in the fresh air. He stopped wondering why this was happening to him a long time ago. He thought about it as he stared out into the night sky, taking in all the beauty the starlit sky could offer. For the past three months, he woke up at the same exact time, each and every night, no matter what. The first few nights he woke, he simply brushed it off as he slowly went back to his slumber without giving it a second thought. But eventually the redundancy of it nudged at him. It didn't matter if he went to bed at all, he realized. He would still find himself waking up in bed at the same exact time. After three consistent weeks, he decided not to sleep at all, maybe break the cycle somehow. His attempts were a complete failure. He was waking up without the memory of ever going to bed. The first night he tried to stay awake, he spent it reading and watching documentaries on the couch, only to find himself awake in bed with no recollection or intent of doing so. That's when he decided to set up cameras around the house. He had to understand what was going on with him. After doing multiple checkups, the doctors told him he was completely fine. It was all completely normal. So normal, he knew it wasn't. Maybe that's when he bought the clock. To make each night a little less empty. To make each night a little more bearable. As he observed his thoughts, listening in on his mind while the background ticks and talks became virtually non-existent, he noticed how he never bothered to look out the window after waking up before. The night's beauty had a mesmerizing effect on him. He looked out as a breeze rustled through the trees. The serenity of it was somewhat shocking to him. All of those chaotic movements coherently dancing in a calming and almost silent manner. Silhouettes with different shapes and sizes scattered across his field of view. Why had he never appreciated this beauty before? Deciding there was no better time to do so. He wore a simple hoodie and slippers before going down the stairs of his villa to reach the main gate. He lifted his arm to the door handle and nudged it open. And as he did so, he felt a cold hand on his back. He stood there, motionless for a moment, afraid of looking back. Before he could gather the courage to turn around, 
A strong force pulled him from behind. Chapter 1 He stared up at the ceiling. It took him a few moments to realize that he was awake, that he existed. Both his ring and pinky fingers of his left hand were completely numb. He clenched his hand multiple times before any feeling came back. I'm cold. He looked to his left as he felt the breeze come through the window. When did I open it? He thought. Without bothering to close it, he got up and went on with his day. Ever since this started, it was difficult for him to wake up with a semblance of energy. Not having continuous sleep took its toll on him each morning. Nonetheless, he had to be at his best for work and in his life. Anything less would be unacceptable to him. After donning his suit and squeezing into his new leather shoes, he walked through the house, still stretching out the leather. He admired his house's interior like he always had. I deserved this. I worked hard for this. And I finally earned it. There were paintings covering the walls of the hallway. They didn't have any specific theme, but still fit coherently together. Some were portraits of old families, and others were intricate pieces of different items diverging from violins to sunken ships and submarines at the bottom of the ocean floor. He walked past with self-aimed pride and admiration. It was difficult to find someone who respected and loved themselves as much as he did. But he knew that that love and respect was deserved and not some desperate attempt at confidence that would only pass on a simple arrogance. Those who saw him felt that power radiate from him. Here was a man who worked day and night to get what he wanted, and all he wanted now was a good sleep. All he wanted now was something he couldn't have. When his home was first designed, he made sure there wouldn't be any mirrors in the entirety of the villa, not even in the bathrooms. For a long time, he believed that mirrors would detach him from himself. All that mattered was how he felt and how he understood himself. A mirror would only project an image one hopes to see, and lying to himself was not an option. Still, he made sure his house was a piece of art that reflected his personality in its own right. It was expensive and elegant, and so was he. After getting as used to the shoes as possible for the day, he proceeded to walk down the stairs and straight to the door, skipping the kitchen. He'll have breakfast in the office. Coffee wasn't something he indulged in either. He paused for a moment. The door was slightly open. He moved warily towards it, screening left and right for any threats ready for anything before it took him unawares. He felt a tingling sensation from behind. He turned around, yet there was nothing. Moving slower now, he reached out and examined the door's handle. Did I forget to close the door? No. He disregarded that notion immediately. It simply wasn't something he would do and he knew it. He closed the door and made his way to the study. Work can wait. Maybe those cameras I installed might finally come in handy. Logging into his computer, he found a folder linked to the camera in the living room. He knew exactly what time to check. His face went pale at the sight of it. He was right. 
he saw himself heading towards the door, opening it, suddenly jerking back, and then simply standing there, motionless. He stared at himself in disbelief, thoughts racing through his mind. He knew he was waking up at the same exact time every night, even this one, but he thought the night was just like every other night. How many other nights don't I remember? The footage showed him rocking back and forth in place for two full hours before he began to walk back to his room again. He couldn't understand what he was seeing. He was moving like a puppet being controlled by an amateur puppeteer. His upper and lower body moved incoherently, his head and shoulders twitching back and forth as his legs slowly marched forward. It didn't seem as though he was sleepwalking beforehand. He had had enough awareness to wear his hoodie and slippers before heading out. No, he definitely wasn't sleepwalking. Not until he was jerked back. Even on the nights he decided he wasn't going to sleep, but woke up in his bed anyway. He seemed to be completely aware of what he was doing up until that point. He simply had no recollection of it, just like now. It almost felt like his consciousness had an automatic off switch. But this was different. The first thing he did was look at footage from other nights to see whether or not he tried something similar before. Yet each night was almost exactly the same. He would simply wake up in his room, scratch his head, and then wait till the clock lulled him back to sleep. He checked that night's footage in his room again to see what was so different about this night. He was obviously aware of himself before jerking back and standing still. He saw himself get up as usual, standing up and almost falling, making his way to the window to let in some air. Something he's done several times before. Nothing new. What was new now was him staring out the window for so long before deciding to head out there. What did I see? He also noticed how he didn't turn the lights on on his way downstairs. He walked in complete darkness. It didn't seem to have bothered him. Out of pure curiosity, he also viewed the footage of all the other cameras in the house surrounding that time. Nothing significant came to attention. The kitchen, the front door, the bathrooms, the guest room and the garage were all completely normal other than the garage door slightly waving back and forth from time to time. Should be because of the breeze through the vents, he thought. Pausing and reflecting on his thoughts, he decided to deal with this the next time he woke up. There was nothing he could do about it now. He was late for work, though it didn't matter at that point. Chapter 2 He heard the clock ticking and he quickly came to his senses. Getting up, he quickly went to the window to see what would be out there. What could be out there? What would have been out there? His breath got caught in his throat. There was nothing out there but pure beauty. Beauty he never bothered to appreciate before. No wonder he decided to build his house in this area. No wonder it was so expensive. He knew what he had to do now. Or at least try to do. 
He quickly wore something warm and comfortable, turned on the lights all over the house and made his way downstairs. He stared at the door, not knowing what's to come. Will I forget this? He took a step. Will I lose control? He took another. After estimating how many steps he'd need, he turned and started walking backwards. Dozens of different thoughts passed through his head. The most dominant one was how ridiculous this was, walking backwards. Once he reached the door with his back against it, he felt a shiver go down his spine. He had no idea what he expected to happen. Would turning the lights on make any difference? Would walking backwards do anything either? All he knew was he was not letting anything creep upon him from behind, with no reason to explain why. He made his way outside, checking his pockets for the key in case he'd lock himself out. He stood at his front porch, gazing at the night's beauty, with only silhouettes in sight. Some recognizable, most weren't. Panic threatened to creep up on him as an unrecognizable silhouette began moving closer to him. Clenching his fists together, he took a deep breath and calmed himself. As the shape came closer, he quickly realized what it was, or rather who, and he chided himself for his silly imagination. He went out expecting the worst. The sound of the cart with bits and pieces of different types of junk clashing and grinding together was the only indicator he needed to know who it was. The old woman quickly closed the distance. What a surprise, Mr. Graves. I don't suppose you're waiting here just to see me, she said, smiling through her wrinkles. Mr. Graves couldn't help but give out a small smile for her innocent attempt at humor, though he was in no mood for it. Lovely to see you, he said with the utmost of courtesy and respect. You look as bright as ever. I can tell even this late night. And please, call me Harry. The old woman adjusted her robes and looked Harry in the eyes. Well, Harry, please call me any time, she said as she burst with laughter, showing Harry her yellow teeth but he could still manage to see some beauty behind that smile. Harry had nothing against the old woman. What are you doing outside at this time of night? I could be asking you the same, really, he said with a hint of annoyance. I needed fresh air. And yourself? Fresh air, huh? Are we having a hard time sleeping, Mr. Graves? Harry, he said sharply, while blankly staring at her. And yourself, he repeated. Oh, you never know when a gift might be waiting for you around the corner. Who knows what you'll find at this type of hour, she said while she shuffled through the junk in her cart. Speaking of which, I don't suppose it would be a problem for you if you kept hold of something for me. Only for a little while, of course. I don't seem to have enough space for it on my way back home. Home? Where might that be? he asked her, quickly regretting the question. There isn't one home for someone like me. I am where I am needed, and I am needed where I am. She adjusted her old robes again as she pulled the black box from her belongings. This, she paused as she admired the black box. This is very important to me, Harry. Would you look after it for me till I'm back? 
Harry eyed the box, then he set his eyes on the old woman again. He felt a determination in her, in her voice. It felt wrong to reject her. Sure, he said, after a pause. It wouldn't be a problem at all. I'll put it in my garage until you come back. The old woman's gaze lingered on him for a moment. Suddenly she gave out a genuine laugh. You're a kind man, aren't you? I would appreciate it if you wouldn't take a peek inside. Oh, what am I saying? Of course you won't. Without waiting for a response, she began moving away with her cart throttling ahead of her, leaving Harry with her remark. You never know when a gift might be waiting for you around the corner. Chapter 3 Harry stood there for a few moments, glad she was gone, trying to piece things together. Never in his life would he have expected to run into her at this time or place. He would usually just chance by her on his way to the local supermarket, giving her change and groceries from time to time. He never saw her on the move before. I wonder where she gets all her gifts from, he said sarcastically while holding the box. He had accepted only out of pure courtesy, just as his mom raised him. And now he had a box to take care of. He examined the box for a while. Something was vaguely familiar about it. It was beautiful. Completely black yet covered with ornaments of dark gold that lined up to form markings Harry couldn't make out. The thought of opening it didn't and wouldn't have crossed his mind until she told him not to. It made him wonder why she gave it to him as a keepsake rather than anything else she had. It was weird that this would happen here and now. Something went out of its way to stop him from leaving his home this late. And for what? There was nothing outside save for the trees and the sound of crickets. He took a moment to look up into the stars, something he truly admired. There was so much left to know about the universe, so much we still didn't understand. The idea excited Harry, yet extremely disappointed him as well. He was born into an age where humanity was developed enough to acknowledge there was still so much left to learn and understand, yet not developed enough to transverse the stars and find out what lurks beyond the infinite expanse of space. It bothered him how modern society forgot the importance of stars, how they forgot to look up. Societies long forgotten have survived solely because of the stars. Constellations are what directed humanity towards this course. It was stars that allowed us to dream that one day we could reach them. Still, society can't be blamed for their lack of appreciation. Not when the stars barely appear through all the blinding light here on Earth. Harry continued to stare upwards. If we could see the stars like our ancestors did, we would all be very different. Snapping himself out of it, Harry decided there wasn't anything left for him to do outside of his home. I don't know what I expected. He carried the black box into his garage and placed it among his toolboxes. He stared at where his car should be. For some unfortunate reason, it was being prepared. They should call him to pick it up in a few days. Harry made his way from the garage to his kitchen right next to the staircase. He prepared a cup of cold milk to cool him down before his desperate attempt at sleep. He took the cup with him and drank along the way to his room. The sound of his clock welcomed him as he opened the door. He gently laid the cup next to his bed, took his hoodie and slippers off, tucked himself in, and closed his eyes.
Chapter 4 A semblance of control Tick, talk, tick, talk He heard the clock as every second passed No control Tick, talk, tick, talk He felt lightheaded Images and symbols moving at the back of his eyes He didn't have enough conscious control to be aware of his thoughts his conscious and subconscious were somewhat intertwined. I have no control. Abstract images were given solid form, and feasible thoughts simply couldn't be grasped. He heard sounds. Voices of his loved ones and those once long forgotten creeped into his mind. He faintly recognized his own voice in the mix. He felt as though he was being pinched all over his body, yet he felt formless, shapeless, a lone mind drifting and sinking under sea with no clear borders defining what it was. The intensity of this stimulation was too much for him, images, sounds and sensations all bombarding him at once without being able to pinpoint what they meant or to even grasp a single sensation on its own. He was simply boundless and abstract. Nevertheless, the sound of the clock ticking provided him with some form of conscious control. He was there in his room and he knew it. It was an anchor that kept him in place. It was an anchor he could hold on to. He was there in his room and he knew it. Focusing solely on the clock, he could finally grasp a thought. Move. Though as much as he tried, he simply couldn't drifting without a vessel to carry him across the boundless sea. He focused his attention on his little finger, trying to move it with all the mental power he could gather. He failed. The images and symbols swirled behind his closed eyes, as though random scribblings drawn by a child with a vivid imagination. What is this? There was no point trying to make sense of what he saw. There were hallucinations driven by his subconscious trying to process the massive amount of information he was exposed to in a single day. He felt like he was viewing his brain in binary, ones and zeros trying to converge into something meaningful. It was only getting worse. He felt the random stings, the incomprehensible images, the surges of feelings and lifelike voices. His breath was getting shorter. He felt something heavy on his chest. An immense amount of pressure was being driven into him. He struggled to move, to control the tiniest fraction of himself. Realizing he couldn't, panic and fear started to rise within him. He could feel his heart beating faster. He could hear it. Another anchor to prove to himself he was still alive. Control. Moving his hands and feet wasn't an option. He wondered what else he could control, as the images swirled and passed through his vision. He found himself with the white ceiling above his head. He was excited to know he could open his eyes. Above his head where the ceiling and clock should be, a dark humanoid form simply stood there, watching him, staring at him. It was almost shapeless, with an aura around its limbs and head exerting some form of incomprehensible dark energy. He would have swallowed his throat then, but he couldn't. The being had no visible features on its face. 
but the only thing Harry could distinguish were its eyes. Blood red as though glowing, with no light emanating from them. Flawless rubies held up by a mass of shadows looking down at him. Harry felt no malice or hate coming from the entity, yet he was afraid nonetheless. It didn't seem to want anything from him. His breathing was getting quicker. What could it want from me? Short of breath and still paralyzed, Harry closed his eyes again and quickly sought for a touch of control in his body, the intensity of the experience almost overwhelming him. Breathe. He slowed down his breathing. His heart was racing. I can breathe. The realization came to him, and he held his breath with all his might, still aware of the presence of the red-eyed entity hovering above him. He kept at it, holding his breath, hoping to all that is sacred he could regain control. He reached a point where he couldn't hold his breath any longer, yet he did, until he found himself coughing into an upright position, gasping for air. What the fuck just happened? Harry was coughing, upright in his bed, immensely relieved to be able to move again, to have woken up from this waking nightmare. He quickly scanned his surroundings. Nothing. His breathing was getting slower, becoming ever deeper as his thoughts began trying to formulate some sense of what was happening to him. It wasn't the first time he's had sleep paralysis. Only this time it was different. Usually he would focus his energy on trying to move a small body part and everything else unfolds. It was a completely natural process he expected to happen whenever his sleeping cycles weren't getting complete due to long hours of work and stress. This time, however, it was as though he was forced into it, with no hope of escape. Something was holding on to him, latching on and stopping him from getting back to his world, his reality. Chapter 5 he moved his hands through his hair and back across his face and decided to cool off with the shower. He opened his closet and readied all of his items and he laid them down on his bed in perfect order, ascending from the first item he would wear till the last. He wasn't willing to waste any mental energy fumbling through his clothes while he had just finished his shower. It would defeat the purpose of relaxing him and would simply waste his time. Harry undressed and made his way to the shower. Holding his towel, he walked naked through his house. He needed to calm himself down and make sense of all this. His thoughts wandered as he stared at aesthetics he placed around his house. From expensive paintings to antique sculptures, he only made it to where he was through logic and rationality, sometimes empathy, mixed in with equal amounts of planning and dedication. But no amount of planning would have prepared him for this and he had no clue where to begin in fixing this, and fixing himself. He stepped into the shower and turned the water on, adjusting it to the proper temperature as he waited, feeling every subtle twist and turn of temperature on his skin. It reminded him of the pokes he felt around his body that night, but he quickly got rid of that thought. He was here to relax and collect himself, nothing more. Taking in all of the sensations, he took in a deep breath and let himself wander off as the warmth of the water surrounded and relaxed his body. He could sense every drop, 
the sound each one made when it hit his skin, and the feeling it gave him as it made its way down his body. It rejuvenated him. It felt amazing. More amazing than any shower he's ever taken. Why? He received a rush of impulses, sensations, and warmth coming from something as simple as warm water from a shower. But it was too much for him. Harry kneeled and sat down in his shower, clutching his knees to his chest. He gave out a small laugh. And as that laugh got louder, it slowly turned into a stream of tears. Tears that quickly joined the flood of water coming from above him. Tears he couldn't feel. He rocked back and forth as he broke down into tears. Realizations flooded his mind as drops of tears hit the floor. How could he expect himself to be happy after sacrificing everything that made him human to get to where he was? Every smile he's given, every joke he's said, every interaction he's made. It was all an act. Doing and being whatever he had to, to get to where he needed to get. But why? Why did he need to get there? What would he gain aside from more responsibilities and more headaches? At first he felt somewhat normal. It was all part of the persona he was playing. But slowly he lost touch with himself and felt emptiness where he thought his heart should have been. There was a hole in him that he could clearly feel yet never grasp or understand. He ignored it whenever possible. He thought he could ignore it until it became the norm for him. But he could never escape this feeling in his own reflection. It was always a stranger staring back at him. A stranger who didn't like what he saw. What that stranger saw was himself. His solution was simple. He removed all the mirrors in his house, save for the ones in his car. Those he could handle because he never had to look at himself directly. What he couldn't handle, on the other hand, was thinking of himself as a complete stranger. And he had to act. After what felt like hours to him, he got out of the shower and dried himself, tying the towel around his waist. He looked above his sink at where the bathroom mirror should have been. He remembered taking it down. His secretary, Matt, helped him remove the mirrors in his house. Where should I go with all of these mirrors, Mr. Graves? Graves looked at his young secretary and noted the confusion in his eyes. Wherever you want, Matt. Sell them or throw them away. They're your responsibility now. The next time he went to the office, the topic was never brought up again. Matt was someone Mr. Graves could count on to be efficient and quiet. With the towel still around his waist and water dripping from his shoulders, Harry wondered how he looked like at this moment. Miserable and pathetic, with bulging red eyes. The thought made him shiver. Chapter 6 His entire home smelled of cooked eggs and bacon. Harry forgot to turn on the fan when he started cooking his breakfast. He smiled at himself for making such a silly mistake. He was in no rush today. He decided to take a break from work. He needed to get in touch with himself once more. He was ecstatic he was no longer plagued with whatever it was that was disturbing his sleep. And he'd be down before he'd let it happen again. 
He opened the windows to clean out the air and took a moment to appreciate the light coming from outside. He felt safe. There was nothing he had to do but enjoy the fact that he was alive and able to absorb and experience everything life had to offer. And life had a lot to offer. It's been two months since Harry stopped waking up every night and could finally enjoy a good night's sleep. He almost went into tears after realizing he didn't wake up the night after he was paralyzed, but he just didn't have any tears left to let out. He even checked the cameras to make sure he didn't forget he woke up again. Harry removed the clock from his bedroom and placed it in the living room. He felt as though he finally had some sort of control over his life again and needed no anchor to hold on to to drown his thoughts as he drifted off to sleep. If anything, he wanted to think. He wanted the voice in his head to be louder, even. It reassured him of who he was. His nights were dreamless, but he finally woke up relaxed and alert to face anything that was thrown his way. But there was nothing he had to face, and he was completely content with that. Finally, some peace. He never heard from the old woman again. She crossed his mind as he ate his breakfast in peace while classical music played in the background. She wasn't around the local supermarket anymore and he had no idea if she would ever return to get the black box back. Harry kept his word and never bothered checking what was inside. But now he began to get worried. God only knows what might be inside. Maybe that's why she left it with him. She probably didn't plan on taking it back at all. He quickly blocked the topic from his mind. There was no good to come of it. He was here to relax and enjoy his breakfast, not stress over an oddly beautiful black box. Harry cleaned up after himself and decided to do some work around the house as a sort of meditative act to free his thoughts as they wander freely without any conscious control. Deciding to start small, he started vacuuming. After that, he went ahead and cleaned his windows. It hasn't been long since his part-time mate cleaned everything, but he nevertheless wanted to get in touch with his house on a different level, to pay attention to it, even if just for now. He found that, as long as he was doing something that didn't require much thought, his thoughts became much clearer. Harry began to think about how he grew up to be who he was, analyzing why he possessed some habits and quirks, and how he came to depend on himself. One of the reasons he was passionate about his work was so he could get the car he always dreamed of. It took the repair shop a little longer than usual to get the repairs done, but he had his car for the past month and a half now. He hasn't driven ever since his short holiday, and the car must have been collecting quite the amount of dust just sitting there in his garage. So he decided his next task would be to clean it. Making his way to the garage, he looked at the masterpiece of the machine. Driving it was like trying to tame an untamable beast yet still successfully doing so. It was a symbol of who he was and he was proud of it. He filled up the bucket of water and began cleaning, again letting his thoughts loose. As he was scrubbing at his car, he happened to glance at his reflection in the right view mirror. He usually avoided looking at his reflection whenever possible outside of his home and in his car. But this time, he looked into his eyes and finally saw someone he recognized someone he could appreciate. He held eye contact with himself for a little more than a moment, something he hasn't done in years, and saw a tear dropping from his right eye. He stared as, he stared as it slid down his face until it reached his mouth. He noticed he had a small smile showing on his face, and for once it felt genuine, unforced and real. 
He felt goosebumps moving as a wave throughout his body. Everything is going to be okay. He stood there with his back laying against his car for a while, reflecting again on who he was as a child, who he was a year ago, and who he is now. And for that one moment he understood that it was necessary to be lost before you could find your way, before you could understand who you are. The thought made him laugh with his head held high. It was loud and rich. If he didn't know himself any better, he would have thought he was insane. Maybe he was. But that didn't matter as long as he was content. He was. As the laughter settled down and silence revisited the garage, his head began dropping down. Among his toolboxes, he saw the black box once more. He held his breath for a moment. It was beautiful. Way more beautiful than he thought at first. The first time he saw it, it was pitch black and he was in a groggy and confused mood. But now with a clearer view and a clearer head, he knew it was more valuable than that old woman led him to believe. The more he looked at it, the more he wondered why anyone would leave a box like that with a stranger. As the thoughts kept manifesting, so did the urge to open it. If it was that beautiful from the outside, what on earth could be inside? The box itself wasn't big, but was of moderate size. The size of a head, maybe. The thought paralyzed him. And in that moment, the euphoric feeling he only just had dissipated. He slowly walked towards the box while running different scenarios in his head. Some absurd, some possible, some realistic. All the while he couldn't help but admire the craftsmanship that went into making it. Completely black, but covered with streaks of dark gold sliding along the edges of the box. With engraved markings in between the streaks he simply couldn't make out. He moved his hand across it, feeling the engraved markings with every wave of movement he made. The box has been there for two full months, and yet there wasn't a speck of dust to be found on it. Harry felt as though he understood what the markings meant. He couldn't put it into words, but he felt no danger from it anymore. His heart calmed down and he disregarded any notion of a threat. He felt only intrigue towards it. He moved his body closer to the box, intent on opening it and unfolding all its secrets. Harry held the box close to his chest. With his left hand, he tinkered with the simple lock. He slid the lock to the side and all he needed now was to open it. He held the box from the side, slowly licking his lips before opening it. When the doorbell rang, he quickly made his way to the door and looked through the peephole. His face went pale when he saw who it was. What? How is this possible? Why now? He reluctantly opened the door. Hello, Mr. Graves. It's been a while, hasn't it? Said the old woman with a smile as ugly as anything Mr. Graves could think of. I hope I didn't cause you any trouble with my box. Oh, it's already in your hands. How thoughtful of you. Wait a moment. You've been gone for months. You weren't even outside the supermarket. You can't just leave me with something like that and just disappear. Who knows what you might have been hiding inside. 
The old woman paused for a moment, as if considering his point. Well, as long as you kept your promise like the good little man you are, and didn't open it, then we shouldn't be having any problems, now would we? She said with a stern face. Mr. Grave swallowed his throat. I didn't promise you anything, but no, I didn't open it. He was reluctant to give her the box, but at that point he had to. Here you go, and never come back here again. Regret nudged at him as he handed her the box. How kind of you, Mr. Graves. I'd still like for you to know that I appreciate you having have done this for me. I hope I didn't take too much space from your lovely home, she said sarcastically as she examined the box. Hmm, what do we have here? The lock is open. Are you lying to me, Mr. Graves? Her voice slowed down carrying with it a dreadful cruelty. Did you see what's inside? She emphasized every word. Harry saw real malice in her eyes. No, no, I didn't. The lock must have slid open while I was carrying it. Now, now take your damn box and leave me alone. He raised his voice as he slammed the door in her face. He quickly looked through the peephole to make sure she left. The old woman stood there for quite some time, possibly shocked by the sudden disrespect Harry had shown her. He could see her admiring the box just as he had, but then she opened it. Harry couldn't see what was inside, but he could easily see the look of distraught on her face as it shifted from surprise to shock and then to anger. She lifted her head and looked directly at him. He was forced back from the door with her gaze alone. And just as he was about to look through the peephole again, he felt the banging on the door. You lied to me, Harry. You opened the box, Harry. She screamed as she banged the door with all her might. You lied to me, Mr. Graves. You opened the box, Mr. Graves. No. No, I swear I didn't, he whispered as he shivered. I didn't open your damn box, he screamed back, though he doubted she could hear him over her own voice. She continued on with her screaming. Some words Harry could understand, others he couldn't. But in a moment, just as the chaos began, it stopped. Harry was relieved. He was about to call the police. He mustered up the courage to look into the peephole once more and witnessed in shock as the old woman simply stood there with her raggedy clothes, crooked nose and messy hair. Her head was bent over and her body slowly rocked back and forth. You will pay for this, Mr. Graves, she whispered. Chapter 7 It was difficult for him to fall asleep after what happened. He did his best to remove thoughts of her from his mind and return to the positive state he was only recently in. Still, he managed to doze off into a dreamless sleep. He woke up to the sound of his clock abnormally ticking. 
He got up, stretched his back and gave out a loud yawn, which he strangely couldn't hear. Aside from the broken clock, the room was silent, as it normally would be. But Harry felt as though the silence in his room was a tangible fog. It was something he could feel, something he could almost touch. Harry brushed it off on his drowsiness. As his drowsiness lessened and his mind could somewhat focus, he noticed he woke at the same time again. He was slightly disappointed but could tell that it would start to happen again. He shifted his focus to the clock and noticed how the second hand was consistently moving back and forth, stuck at the same exact second he woke up. He paused for a moment. His mind wasn't clear enough yet. He took a deep breath, which he couldn't hear, to try and clear his mind. He then recalled moving the clock to the living room and wondered how it got here again. Confused and still dazed, he lowered his head only to witness himself sleeping soundly in his own bed. As fear and panic threatened to consume him, he saw himself suddenly and instantly shift into different positions every second that passed. Every second the clock went back and forth. Every second that passed, the room slightly shifted in its contents. The nightstand next to his bed would have nothing for a second, then a cup of milk the next. Harry stared at himself in disbelief. Never in his life did he have the chance to view himself in such a vulnerable and intimate state in a direct and first-person perspective. He saw himself as a completely different person, a completely different entity that was shifting ever so slightly in bed every second. With the blanket sometimes covering most of him, than almost none of him. Harry got closer to himself and wondered what he should do now. Is he simply dreaming? Or is he having an unusual out-of-body experience for the first time? He tried to will himself back into his body to no avail. He even tried waking himself up. But whatever he tried to say simply had no effect. And now he understood the silence in his room. And the silence in himself. He tried nudging at his sleeping self, but his hand simply faced through his body. He couldn't touch anything. After staring at himself for what felt like an eternity, Harry decided to take the chance to explore his home while being in a foreign plane of existence. It was an opportunity for him to explore boundaries that he simply couldn't in the real world. For a moment he thought it might be a way to elevate himself into a higher form of existence. He refused to succumb to his fear. Of course, this was unknown territory for him, and he hadn't had the slightest clue of what to expect. But his heart yearned for new emotions and experiences, which was now a perfect opportunity to obtain. He faced through his door and into the dark hallway by his room. Even though it was dark, he could see everything perfectly clear, though everything lacked in color. He passed by his expensive paintings, frames, and portraits, and he saw them all in a completely different light. And every second, the contrast and colors of the paintings changed ever so slightly. The pieces of art seemed to breathe, as though alive. The families painted seemed to stare right through him, 
as though they knew him more than he knew himself. He stared back, and as his attention focused, he felt drawn to them, drawn into their canvas and drawn into their reality, until he found himself among them. Harry stood there, watching the small family argue with each other as they stood in place, as the painter continued brushing away at his masterpiece. He watched in disbelief, and as he watched in disbelief, the silence that was present in his home now followed him into this alternate world that he was already shocked enough to be observing. And as the silence followed, the painter and the family both went quiet and stood silently still. In perfect unison, they all shifted their heads towards Harry. He felt power and true malice radiating from their eyes. And with that power, he was forced outside of that reality and back into his own. He was not welcome. Before he could make sense of anything that just happened, he quickly left the hallway and went to his living room before he was engulfed into any other realities through his other paintings. Confusion in Harry's mind was paramount. If this was a dream, then why did it feel so real? Why was his mind so clear now? As he calmed down and collected himself, he began to notice things he didn't pay attention to from the beginning. He looked outside the window and only saw silent fog. No trees, no roads, and no streetlights. He could only guess what would be beyond it. And as he stared, he noticed how his body was only a fragment of what it really was. His hands were transparent. Although he couldn't touch anything, he could still touch himself. Yet it felt nothing like it normally would. Rather than the soft touch of the fabric he was wearing, it felt as though he was moving his hand across a thick and close to formless cloud. Continuing to feel around his body, he finally wiped his hands across his face in frustrated confusion. And as he did so, he heard the sudden sound of the malfunctioning clock in his living room. He stared at the clock and quickly understood what was happening. He was no longer bound by time, but was still stuck in that one waking second across multiple different days. And as comprehension seemed to enlighten him, there was only one thing left for Harry to understand. Harry made his way into his garage. One second his car was there, and the next it wasn't. He no longer heard the sound of the clock from his living room. And as he walked across his garage, he could feel the silence and fog around him, as though inhabitants of this house as well. Among his toolboxes, he saw the black box on the ground. But rather than being black, it was bright white, with the dark golden markings now emitting a beautiful golden glow. He knelt down and could somehow finally make sense of the markings that so deluded him, glowing bright alongside with the beauty of the box. The eyes that stare back, they are your own. Finally, Harry opened the box and found an oval object the size of his palm covered in a black cloth. It didn't occur to Harry that he wasn't able to touch anything else, and yet was still able to open the box and hold its contents within his transparent hands so effortlessly. 
He gently removed the cloth around the oval object and held it tightly with both of his hands. He stared at the object and saw red glowing eyes staring straight back. It didn't register with him at first. He was speechless as he witnessed incomprehensible dark energy emanate from him. He could see no visible facial features other than his blood-red eyes. He remained still, as though paralyzed, as he put the pieces he had together. And then he silently screamed. He screamed, shouted, and shrieked as he ever so slightly knelt back and forth with the oval mirror in his hands, with red eyes staring back. He would have believed he was crying, but knew there would be no tears. All there was was the sound of silence. And as his screams went unheard, the mirror cracked. Harry looked into the cracked mirror a little while longer, seeing the fragmented image of himself. Now he vaguely understood what the markings had meant. Both sides of him were real, both were him, but simply not in the same form, time, or place. Without covering the cracked mirror, he placed it back and closed the box. His car stopped appearing and disappearing. It wasn't there anymore. Slowly walking by where his car should have been, Harry looked back and saw that the box wasn't there anymore either. He continued to face through the door and into his living room. There was no sound of a clock. There was only the sound of silence now, and the sound of his thoughts. Harry stood there not knowing what to do now, but try to inhabit his body once more. He was about to head up to his room to where he would find himself sound asleep when he saw himself wearing a simple hoodie and heading towards the main door. In that moment, Harry panicked. He had to stop himself from going outside. That was how it all began. That was how he got the box. Time seemed to stretch and reach a halt as Harry witnessed himself reaching out for the door, and as he raised his arm to open the door, he also reached out to himself from behind.